Well, Heavenly King, the comfort of the spirit of truth, for our our present and fill us all things, treasure your blessings and give our life, come and abide in us and cleanse us from every impurity and save our souls, a good one. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Having finished Titus, just trying to figure out what we would do next, uh, I forget exactly, I think Catherine, you were, were, were throwing things out, and one of the things was just kind of prayer book. I'm going to talk about prayer rules, prayer, prayer book, but I'm also going to talk about other devotional things attached to that. So, for example, like an Orlogian, basically it's going to be show and tell in a certain sense and kind of like a vocabulary building exercise as well so that you know what the books are, not that you have to like pronounce them correctly or anything like that, just that there are books... Uh, that put, we, our services are built out of, but they're also aids for prayer. So this is kind of the standard, and there's going to be an older version, I think, Jessica. So everyone, this is Jessica Hamilton. The, their family just moved here. You might have saw in the email two weeks ago or so about help with moving. Uh, husband, they're all J's. So Jared, Jessica, and I haven't... Jack and June. When I saw that, I don't know if your husband told you, I was like, tell me that was planned. And then there was other J's in your extended family, too. There are other J's in our family. So, uh, welcome. You, you have an older version of this, uh, which sometimes the differences are very, very slight. Sometimes uh, we have a big challenge in English-speaking orthodoxy because we have multiple jurisdictions in this country, but that's not the only challenge to what I'm about to say. We have a lot of translations floating around. One of the biggest ones, like Psalm 50. The Psalm 50 from this one is the oddest Psalm 50 that I have ever encountered. I don't even remember where I memorized my Psalm 50 from. I think the Psalm 50 that I have is some rendition of from this Psalter. <laughs> Because I think the Psalm 50 in that one is different from this one. Okay. So that's one of those things. There's a lot of folks who they have their prayer book and it is beat up. Uh, Audrey brought hers out. And this is what we kind of call the Jordanville prayer book. This is also very common in kind of Russian, I just Slav churches, English prayer book. Uh, this has been around this edition. I mean, this is 20 odd years, years old. Yeah. It looks exactly the same, even if you bought this. I'm sure that's a year or two old. You're, yeah, yeah it's the same thing, mm -hmm. with maybe little tiny edits. Well, uh, these will have a few different things, but the basic structure is in here. You're going to have your morning prayers, your evening prayers, Compline, and then things to prepare for communion. That is probably the easiest way to describe what a, a basic kind of, here's a home prayer book. Um, the Jordanville prayer book has a few more really specific instructions about how, if you've ever looked through prayer books, I encourage you, look through your prayer book. It's very easy to kind of get like, I'm doing morning prayers and evening <laughs> prayers, and then never look anywhere else in the prayer book. This, I will say this, this has a ton of extra prayers that are, I'll really? use the word cool. That's a very ecclesial <laughs> word, cool. Uh, for example, like a prayer before using the internet. Uh, they have prayers for all sorts. Let me see. If you go through, we'll just look at the table of contents, for example. Uh, prayers for everyday occurrences. Prayers for spiritual struggle, for family and community life. The crown of the year. The crown of the year will have prayers for like Christmas. Uh, one for Thanksgiving Day. That is basically, I don't actually know where they got that prayer. Uh, you might be surprised this didn't fall out of the sky. People wrote this, right? So at some point, somebody probably wrote or edited some other form of a Thanksgiving prayer and said, this is great for American or Canadian, as the footnote says. <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving, because the OCA is in Canada, United States, and Mexico. Uh, so looking through this, I know, I think at our house, we have done before on Christmas Day, we did the Christmas Day one. Um, there is, throughout this, for my children, for a troubled youth, for a prayer to the mother of God, for someone who has forsaken the path of salvation, right? Uh, for my family, to the mother of God, a prayer of a woman with child, uh, for marriages, right? There's all of these. 
And it's something I think we get stuck on with morning or evening prayers. Uh, maybe this is not your experience, but I've heard this a lot. You say, all right, it's morning prayers, therefore this is what my morning prayers has to be because this is the form that's in the book. It doesn't have to be exactly like that. You can do edited forms of morning and evening prayers. This is basically where this comes from. This is a cell rule for monks, the morning and evening prayers. So if you have a three-year-old running around nipping at your ankles or screaming at your ankles... <laughs> or there's other things going on in life or morning time for whatever reason you're not a morning person or for whatever reason if you were to try to do your prayers at night you're just going to collapse and fall asleep or something like that that there's ways to edit things down uh, there are ways I have for the catechumens I don't say alright you need to start doing your morning prayers and I assume that you're doing all of the morning prayers because it is better the fathers talk like this and this is kind of if you read self-help books, it'll even say those things. I think Joshua was saying, McMahon was saying something the other day about atomic habits, about like you start a little tiny thing and then you grow from that. The fathers talk the exact same way. It is better for you to do just Trisagian prayers in the morning. What we do with our kids as much as we can and try and like restart and renew the pattern as every other day, every day, is we just sing, O Heavenly King, the Our Father, and rejoice with the Virgin Theotokos. That is what we do with the kids. Uh, pray, uh, singing is very helpful because it allows them to hear and to memorize. Does it solve all things? Absolutely not. <laughs> do they still run around crazy? There's all sorts of, yeah, even though it's about a minute and a half to do that. Uh, but it's still, the point is, we're doing morning prayers and we're doing evening prayers. Uh, if you can, when I first became Orthodox, I did morning prayers and evening prayers, the full shebang, because it was just me, <laughs> right? In college, I made my schedule, I could do whatever. So as you can pray, do it. If you can do the full morning prayers and evening prayers, great. Uh, if you need, I'll give you some examples of editing down. So if you do the morning prayers, you know, do the Trisagion prayers. Is everyone familiar with what, when I say Trisagion, what I mean by that? Kind of the introductory prayers. You hear them at every single service. You don't hear them in Divine Liturgy, but you hear them in the hours beforehand and then like the post-communion prayers afterwards, right? It's, it is in every set of prayers you're going to have the kind of series of Trisagion prayers. Uh, you can do the Traparia that follow right after that, falling down before the... Uh, doing that rising from sleep, doing a psalm. I have almost always typically skipped the creed. If you want to do the creed, that's great. And you can number off these various prayers that have, you know, one through, let's see here. There's one through seven, and then there's a, ni a nice uh, song to the Theotokos, to Jesus, to the garden angel, and then to the Theotokos. Uh, you can number those off. You've got seven days of the week. You could do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and just do that, those prayers and then to the Mother of God. Or you could just say, I'm just going to do the Midnight Song to the Theotokos, the prayer to Jesus, to the guardian angel. Right? There are ways you can edit things down. Uh, also, I would suggest, same with evening prayers. You can find a pattern uh, that, you, that works for you, your family, and trying to find prayer that is for if you have a family or kids and you're doing it, it's kind of you're doing it for the sake of the form and that you're doing it. But you also have to find the time for your own prayer because I don't know about you guys, but trying to like, I don't pray when we pray with the because it just it's just enough to try and not smack somebody. <laughs> yes. Right. So especially with four. Um, so I, I suggest this is where orthodoxy it is not. I think a lot of times we think there's a book, therefore I have to follow the rules in the book uh, because orthodoxy feels much more structured than a lot of folks' backgrounds. But the reality is, is orthodoxy is structured, but orthodoxy is basically trying to give you as many tools as possible. And it's best for you to find what actually feeds you, what actually allows you to pray, and it might change over time. Sometimes you're going to be all about those morning and evening prayers. You have them memorized. You've had them memorized for 20 years. But at some point, you'll be like, I'm not praying anymore. I am just... Right? Um, 
you need to step back. And this is where, you know, incorporating the Psalter, maybe doing the Trisagion prayers, and you are going to do just go through the Psalter, Psalm 1. Today, tomorrow, I'm going to do Psalm 2, right? And you just go through the whole Psalter. At some point, you're going to need to break up the Psalms <laughs> because once you get to Psalm 119, 118, I forget what the numbering is, you're going to need to break that up or you're going to be there the rest of the morning. Um, but this is also why, uh, let me, I'm going to talk about the Psalter in a minute. Um, when you are going, does anyone have any particular questions? For example, there's so many things in just doing this and being around it. I assume things, but I always forget what people don't know or what they may assume. You can, you can just read, you know, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, O Heavenly King, the Comfort, or, or you can kind of chant it, like, O Heavenly King, the Comfort of the Spirit of Truth. I've always found chanting it is better for me. Uh, it helps me just kind of move it along and, kind of, and like undulate my voice, like moving it up and down. If that is hard for you, it is okay to just read it. If you get two parts where it's like tone six, such and such, uh, there was a time where I would try to like, okay, I have to find tone six. <laughs> you spend all of your time trying to find the thing. Just say it. <laughs> it's okay if you don't. No, at some point you might be have it memorize the tone and then you can just sing it. Um, I know I've actually suggested to some folks that I would even like do a rough recording of me singing those three because I've been suggesting it to parents. Because like, well, I don't know how to sing the Heavenly King or Our Father or Rejoice of Virgin Theotokos. goes, I'll even do a rough, you can hear us screaming and crying and whatever, and just record it. And then you can stand still. <laughs> don't hit your brother. Uh, Sarah and Jeremy tried X's on the floor. You have to say <laughs> But that didn't work. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Do you have a question? Can I yeah, yeah, please. I've learned? Can I share? Okay. So... My motto is, I'm not lazy, I'm efficient, but it takes more work to say the prayers out loud. Is anybody like me lazy and doesn't want to do that? Because it takes more work. And so then one book I just recently read said that there's a difference between like my speaking loud enough for you all to hear, and I don't know what the... He said, try to do it as if you were in, a, in an English class, and sometimes they want you to read... Your whisper, whisper voice. Your whisper voice. Your whisper voice. Okay, thank you. And and that's a nice balance for me. You know, it's some people it might be trying to do it silently. Their brain would not be able to focus, mm -hmm. or some. So I think trying different things, try different things, <laughs> find what works for you. Uh, this is almost one of those areas where we actually are utilitarian, <laughs> like. What works? Because everybody's different. Some people, if you'll talk to, if you'll read in the fathers, they'll talk about it is all about the Jesus prayer for them. And there, there are several. Actually, this is one of the other nice things. I forget where it is exactly in here. Uh, some short prayer rules. If you were to go here, in here, I haven't found those. <laughs> an angel, and these are old prayer rules. An angel revealed this rule to Saint. Pocomios, we're talking about fourth century here. Okay, the typical beginning, which is the Chisagon, Psalm fifty, the symbol of faith, the Jesus prayer said one hundred times, "It is truly me, Lord, have mercy thrice," and then a dismissal. It's got angelic uh, authority to Saint Pocomios. You can see this is the basic structure of morning and evening prayer, right? If you go, then you have Saint Seraphim Sarov. He taught this following rule, and this is really simple: Our Father three times. For the Trinity, rejoice of Virgin Theotokos three times, you know, seeing a pattern, the Creed, and then do the Jesus prayer throughout the day. <laughs> I've had people say, when I've suggested like really short prayer rules, they're almost like, what? Like, mm -hmm. it's so short. I'm like, yeah, there's a reason. You might be able to, do it. You might be able to actually do it. <laughs> And then you have this other one. Here's Elder uh, Theophanes of the New Lake. He's got the prayer of St. Medarius. Uh, My Lady Most Holy Theotokos, save me a sinner. And then basically, Lord have mercy, Lord forsake me not. Lord grant me a good frame of mind. Take from me every wicked thought. And the rest of the day say this. That, that's it. When you live in the world, you can't. You're not in a monastery. 
this is not to deride and say, therefore, our, our get out of jail free card is to always say, I'm not a monk, therefore I can do whatever I want, right? There's a tension here, right? We do need to pray and form is good for us. And this is a tool book, but we have to actually use it and we have to actually know it. And there are times of distress. Uh, it's very common for folks, the Psalter, like this is so if you have your morning prayers or your evening prayers, your prayers throughout the day, there's prayers for, you know, eating, uh, etc for blessing at the table uh for various things you have the psalter this is something this is broken down the psalter is broken down into cathismas which is basically if you're to look especially uh i really like the holy transfiguration monastery htm is what they call it psalter because i'm just very used to it uh it is what we typically use here sometimes there's other translations uh moved around i believe St. Tikhon's Press and St. Vladimir's Press are getting to the point where they're almost done with the Psalter. We'll see how that all turns out. Because almost always, what that, if you change the Psalter, the translation of the Psalter, you have to change everything. Because guess, guess what's all through this prayer book? The Psalms, all through it, right? So if you were to change what our basic translations are in a Psalter and have an official Psalter, you have to go back through, and it's not just this. Then it's like the Prochemenon, the Alleluia verses, the, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. all of Matins, that's where like everything has to change. We'll see how that goes. Because uh, there's definitely going to be people who are going to dig their heels in because they're used to. Once you have something memorized, yeah. it's really hard. And I can hear it in Psalm 50 when somebody does it, and I know that they have a version. Frank does this all the time. <laughs> have mercy on me, oh God. And then it's like a little bit different. It's just like... <laughs> so... The Psalms are broken down. If you go in the back of this particular Psalter, most Orthodox Psalters should have this. There so are other versions. This one? No, okay. that's not a Psalter. No, this I is mean, just a prayer that book. That Psalter matches this prayer um, book. I forget, but I don't think so. <laughs> oh, really? The, I'm so not going to get into all so that. the translation of those Psalms aren't in that book? Correct. This is part of what I'm talking about. Where does this come from? (laughs) Father Herman? I don't know. (laughs) Or Father John McIntosh? I don't remember. So anyways, some of it is just what was already in that. So some of this is just the reality of everybody wanting to get things into English and then everybody developing their own stuff in their parishes. Like we have idiosyncratic things here at St. Anne's that are idiosyncratic to us. In the Diocese of the South, the fact that we say debts instead of trespasses in the Our Father is totally idiosyncratic to the Diocese of the South. Nobody else in the OCA does that. And it's not reflected. It's easy to follow and it's not a big deal. You can catch as long as you can find where you're at. Yep. And the Psalms are basically the same way too. It's just, it's different. So you start blah, 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 blah. So you can see what the order of reading the Psalms, if you wanted to follow the Cathisma, because the Cathismas are what are read in the services. If we did daily services here and we did all of the hours, for example, uh, Vespers, Matins, they all have set readings of the Psalter so that you're going through the Psalms once a week, the entire Psalter in a monastery. Okay. Uh, During Holy Week, if I remember correctly, or Lent, uh, you go through twice. Yeah. How does that match up with the women's devotional soldier? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. You're using the divisions, but you're not following the prescribed pattern. That's fine. The prescribed pattern is for public services. But it is something that you could use as the prescribed pattern for public services. You could say, I'm going to do the cathismas that we would have done in the evening anyways. It's going to be more than you probably think. So I might suggest if you're going to start trying to incorporate the Psalms that you just do kind of how I was suggesting do just Psalm 1. Maybe you just do the first cathisma. That is more of like, if I understand what I remember from the women's group when it does it, you're just going to use the cathismas as a nice way to have. It's just long enough because it's not just Psalm 1. And then the next day it's like you have three pages of Psalms because it's Psalm 45 or something, right? It's like Psalm 1 through 3 and then a little bridge of basically uh, Trinitarian stuff, and then some more. So you're just kind of breaking it down. There's always things that you can come and ask me, like I'm trying to do this, what do you suggest? Or I need more clarification, you can sit down and look through the book. Yeah, I have a couple questions. Sure. Um, me being an English teacher, I'm sorry, I can't help myself. Um, terminology is mm-hmm. a big thing. 
you, you don't understand the terminology and the vocabulary, then you don't really have a deep understanding of mm -hmm. like pathisma. Right. What does that mean? I believe it's prayer, like sitting down, if I remember correctly. It's I just, it's just like Greek. a list of terms that you could just kind of, because we throw these words, I would even be willing to blend together. The they like, exist already. I just can't. I like for apathis, oh, like when I'm looking at apathis means standing up. Him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the term is just Greek. That's all it is. I, and yeah, in Greek, right? Well, you can say apathis. Others say akathis. I mean, there's yeah. different ways because it's not our like English does it differently. Like at the, at the very bottom of the book, it says traparia and kantakia. Yep. So, did I pronounce this close? Yep, you got it. Okay. Um, so it says like hymns from the Triodian, hymns from the Pentecostarian, Pentecostarian. hymns from the Men What are those terms? What's the difference between them? All right, show and tell. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you for asking. So in the Orlogan, if you're trying to do this, so this also does like greatest hits from church, right? <laughs> uh, so what the Triodian is, all right, when you are putting together the services of the church, you basically have a skeleton of what the text is, right? The divine liturgy, this is the form, and these are the set prayers that we do every single divine liturgy. Vespers, the same way. There's a basic skeleton. Lord, I have called is always that psalm. And then as you're going towards the end of that psalm, you start putting hymns. Trapari are just hymns. And Kataki are a different form of hymn, but this all, then we'll have to start. I don't want to get too complicated. Just, it's a hymn, okay? Well, it helps you if you understand the meaning of the word. Like, if it has to do with a hymn, that kind of gives you an idea. Well, like, put it in where we're singing somewhere. And Troparians, right. we always repeat at the end of the service, but we don't, the Kentuckians. So why do we do that? Oh. that just, you know. But little things like that help you kind of put it That's how I know. I know we put the Troparians at the end again. We're going to do them again. But I don't so in the Greek church, you would say a politician. So this is the challenge: is that this is, some of this is just terminology. And I think what we really need is not to become PhDs. And I could give you, I can bring other books out that explain all of the services, but that's a little beyond what I want us to do here. So I can give you a bibliography if you want to. We're talking about two thousand years of development of of hymnody <laughs> yeah, and these services. Are terms that we use every single week. Yeah. It's so I mean. Right, so Traparia and Kentakia are hymns. So they are the variable hymns that go with uh, the set texts. So if you have, if we're going to do, if you wanted to pray the hours at home, for example, uh, out of an orologian. This is a gigantic orologian that has all the skeletons of all of the services, basically. It's not just, you can buy a little mini orologian. Orologian just means book of hours. Oro our logian means like book right so that's why it's called the book of hours uh it is uh you will not be able to do the full like third hour with just this book you need the manan okay. all right so that's an addition yeah th there's a ton of books all right this is the skeleton right what you have on today i forget who's commemorated today does anyone know Duh, it's the nativity of John the Baptist. Okay? Today, it would be from the Manan. No, actually, it would be probably from the Pentecostarian. You would have the hymns for this feast. The Manan is the movable daily commemorations of the saints. So it really depends. Some feasts and things get, make it into the Pentecostarian, depending how big they are, and then others are in the Manan. Okay? When we are in Lent, it's not the Pentecostarian. It is the Lenten Triodian that governs all of the hymns, basically, except for the daily commemorations of the saints. That is going to still be the Manan. Right? The Pentecostarian is, or you have the festal Manan. This is like the big feasts. This is if you're going to start like putting together services and choir directing, right? You don't really need to know all of this stuff. If you are just trying to do your daily prayers, and, or if you wanted to just do like the first hour and third hour, what you basically need is uh, this actually has the Manan, the, uh, the prayers for the day, the hymns from the Manan for, let's see here. Because like the Pentecostarian, is that just during Pentecost? 
Well, it's not just because the, the Pentecostarian basically governs the rest outside of the Lenten Triodion. And the Festival Menean covers like major feasts. This one it, doesn't. Like, no, like it doesn't. I don't think it has. It just has the hours in there. I don't think the Jordanville book has the hours. Mm -mm. It has prayers from the hours. It does not have the hours. Right, prayers. Which is not the hours. <laughs> what you're getting is the high. That is this. Okay, probably the best way to think about this outside of your morning and your prayers. This is best hits. This is greatest hits. Okay. This is a one-and-all book for you to do your prayers out of. If some of this is just flying over here, you don't need to worry about it that much because the point of this is more for the, the services of the church. If you want to do a fuller, like, prayers of the hours, I typically, when I've done the hours on my own, I, don't, I just skip over when it says, what's the daily hymn? I don't look at it because that's not the point that I'm doing the hour. If we're doing it here in the church, we'll have a printout and we'll do the hymn. You'll hear it tonight at Vespers, because we always do the ninth hour before we do Vespers. We will be doing the uh, Traparian and the Kentuckian for the saint of the day. There's two tomorrow, right? The... Two what? Two saints. Two saints tomorrow, so do we do all of those Kentuckian? It, it totally depends on what I decide. <laughs> this is where it, like, it, deci it depends on what you want to do. So it, it can be prescribed. So Usually it's just whoever is the highest ranking saint or has the most, is the oldest. That's just the one that we do. Because, I mean, there's a ton of saints every day. You because Pavonia, that's, <laughs> yeah. she was, I, that's the first time I've ever read her story. Who? Favonia. Oh, Favonia and Peter. Their, their story is together. Yeah, so there's probably him just for them together. Uh, I don't think that she and he get high enough on. This is not Favonia and Peter. This is the earlier Favonia. Okay. Okay. Which also Peter and Favonia, though. Okay. I don't know which one it's going to call for, but this is something like I, I have to go look at the book. Okay. See, I want to know how to. I want to learn how to find what the options are. I think that's why. The options are uh, dealer's choice. <laughs> the choir is always a good resource too, yeah. like because all those sheets get printed off and thrown away. Yeah. So does the does the choir design? It's in a book. There's a book that you can follow, and it'll say you pull this from this, and you pull this from that, and this is how you Sorry, this is how you put the service together. No, no, I, so I totally get because my husband's yeah. always been in the choir. He always knows these things. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, and it's just from being in the choir because they get to see all the words. It says trocarian at the top of all the things or contactian. And so, like, the choir knows what's happening mm -hmm. and the rest of us don't. Well, look, I don't, I don't want to get into the weeds about the mechanics of how we figure out everything. What we're basically trying to do is just this is what is in the prayer book. This is the thing. So if you want to learn that, that is something that is really for a choir director and for the rector to figure out who what is going to happen in a service. So that's a little beyond what we're trying to do here. This is just, if you are wanting to, for example, know more about a particular feast, the, the nativity of John the Baptist, you want to go and find the hymns for that, right? Because the hymns of the church are going to be the best way to know, in many instances, what the church actually thinks about that. Uh, when we are going through, for example, when we come up for the Dormition of the Theotokos, you're going to want to look. The Festival Menean is where all of that is going to come from. These are easily available. You can, you can buy them from St. Tichon's Monastery Press. They have all the hymns for you know, Transfiguration, the Annunciation, the Dormition, Theophany. Um, and it also has a very long uh, essay describing the cycle of services. Because what we're basically, the cycle of services in the church are like wheels within wheels within wheels of all kind of on their own, and you have to be in the midst of putting together the services to do that. But that's not really the point for those who are actually experiencing it if you're standing in the nave. The basic point is, what is the hymnody saying, and what am I paying attention to, and what's helping me to pray? So if you want to put together, the, or to do the hours, then I can sit down and show you where to get from the Manan or where to go online and print it off, or what I would suggest is probably just turn to a certain page in here for Tuesday, there's always a hymn for Tuesday, a Traparian Kentuckian. 
there's a lot of vocabulary, but that is it, some of it just shows you there's a lot of moving parts in here, but I don't have to know all of these things. This is the thing that you need to get to. So if I just want to say like a new, like a middle of the day prayer, what hour is that? What's like the middle of the day? Sixth hour. So then like. Would you? It's not in there. You, would you just, okay, so then what would you do? I can also there? send you a PDF that could have the sixth hour in it instead of you having to buy a book of it or a Logan. Can you get that on the OCA.org side, the hours? I don't remember if they're on there or not, if the structure of it is. Okay. I, I'm not going to say yes or no because I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I just Google things. If there's something specific yeah. that I want, if you Google it, it will pop up. Yeah. If you want, unless you're looking for some random Celtic saint, right? Then it might. <laughs> Good but luck. If you, if you want the Triparian for the saint of the day, you can just Google it, and it'll. It'll be on OCA.org. If you go to OCA.org, if you're looking for what the saint, the hymn for the saint of the day is, you go to today's saints, and it'll have all of the saints. And if there is a Triparia on there, you press their life, and it'll say Triparia Kentucky. You press that button, and it'll have the Triparia Kentucky. What if? You don't eat breakfast until like <laughs> and then you realize you forgot to do prayers, and then it's just, like eleven. Just what do them. Just do them. Okay. Or do do some form that maybe doesn't say like having just risen from sleep, I fall down right. before you. <laughs> that, like, so like, yeah, that's what I was wondering too. Like, is there like a more? I, do that. I say I say that one, even though I'm not risen, just risen I, from sleep when I. Or just like say it and repent or something. Yeah, I, I think it, whatever, if you are praying, thank God, right? Like, and if it's not perfectly describing your situation, it's okay. God cares about the intent. I mean, there, this, these are all, these are all tools, right? This is not like Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the, the Pentecostarian and the Triodian in his hands and is like, obey this or else. Now, I will actually get in trouble if I started just doing whatever I want. Well, you just want to understand, you know, I just, I want to simply just understand. Well, I can't describe, I can't explain all of this in this hour that we have. This is more complicated than that. And what I'm really, <laughs> no, no, I just, it's, it's too complicated and everybody's going to start, their eyes are going to glaze over if I go into deep detail about how the Tipicon says, this is what we do about here, here and there. So, all right, what is the Tipicon? The Tipicon is basically how we typically put together the services. As, but I can say, we're not going to do that. We're going to focus on this saint. That's very revealing that that's what a typical means because it shows that there's variety among the jurisdictions and traditions, right? Which I guess just reflects the long history that we have. It reflects, for example, in this church, because we're OCA and our background is basically Russian or broadly Slavic, Ukrainian, Russian, etc., right? We celebrate saints. For example, all saints of North America, if you're in the Greek church that Sunday, they don't celebrate all saints of North America. In real clear, it's all saints of Russia. All right? So there are differences according to where you're at and which church you're at. Because if we were in Ukraine, they would say all saints of Ukraine, right? If you're in Greece, it'd be all saints of Greece. And we, we follow the Russian. We follow the OCA, which is a rendition or addition of the Russian practice, basically. I'm not sure I know what you're talking about now. Okay, I'll just show, show it. Are you talking about from the Jordanville prayer book? From the Orologian. It has all these prayers for the salvation of Russia. That, then that's a Rokor book, and that's not this or Logan. Yeah, okay. There's different versions. <laughs> this is true anywhere you go in the Orthodox world. I just want to know what we do here. <laughs> I want to know what we do here. I don't care about Greek. I don't care. I just, I'm trying to get my head around. So I just need to look at that book then. Well, the or right. The Orlogian is basically going to show you. But this is always... <laughs> Because I bought an Orlogian, but <coughs> now I'm beginning to wonder if I need to return it. <laughs> you know, did I get the wrong one? Is what I, you know, that's what I want to know. I, I want to know what we use here, not. This is what we use here. Okay. Is that still for sale? It looks old. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Because I know it works and I don't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the challenge that you're going to have is, it, <laughs> so orthodoxy, again, there
But there is, like, everybody's house, everybody has a table in it, right? I'm assuming unless you just moved in. Maybe you haven't put together your table. I'm sure you brought a table, right? Like, so there's always going to be little tiny differences. The, I bet the way that St. Basil's, right? The way they just moved here from another OCA parish in Atlanta. I bet there's little things that if I was serving at that parish that he, that father, oh, am I forgetting his name? Well, now you have two, don't you? Or some whoever the priest is there <laughs> is serving that I will do a little a few things a little bit differently. Even the way that Father Stephen and I, you might not even notice it, but there's little tiny differences between Father Stephen and I serve. So Father Paul. Father Paul, that's right. So I wanted to share other so if you have questions about prayer rules, the prayer book, etc. You are more than welcome, you know, set up a time, shoot me an email, and I can try to help you find a form, whatever that you desire. Same with the Psalter. There are other devotional materials uh, that, the, that I want to go over and kind of talk about. The Manan, we've talked about some of these words. The Manan is the, basically the book of hymns. And there's all sorts of different forms of manans, but we're just, manans are basically the book of hymns for the saints of the days, right? The saints of the days, the saint that is being commemorated that day, right? So I don't, you don't need to buy a manan. In fact, you can find most of the manan stuff if you want. I could direct you online, but I don't, unless you're doing full-blown services in your home, which I would actually need to know (laughs) that, uh, there's no reason for that, Right? Uh, it is good to know what it is, but you're, you're not going to be putting together the services. That is the choir directors and me, and mo- basically it's already mapped out what we're doing because we have a typicon that tells us what we're doing, and I will sometimes edit or change. The way that we do vigil here, I have edited that down and changed it from the way that when Father Stephen did it, he presided, so it was his call. He had different edits, and I've changed some of those edits because we have differences of opinions about those things. Now it's not even that's even making it bigger than it even really is. It's just differences. Um, it should not be four hours long. <laughs> yeah, it's just two hours. Yeah, that's the goal. Two hours. <laughs> so that means I cut a lot, actually. <laughs> and if you think, oh, the parish they cut a whole lot, and the monastery doesn't. I've been at the monastery; they cut things. <laughs> because otherwise, certain services they have to weigh it out with their life and what's going on. Um, so outside of the Manan, if you are wanting to know, there's the Synoxarian, which is just a book of lives of the saints or a description of what uh, the day is. So, for example, this is a book that is the Synoxarian of the Lenten Triodian Pentecostarian, which basically does the like Sunday of John the Ladder. And it basically describes what is the Sunday of John the Ladder, uh, what, how did it come about, and then it will have a homily in it, right? What is, I'm sorry, what is that book? It's called a synoxarian. See the word synoxarian? Mm -hmm. So like supplemental to church life. If we were doing the full services, this would not be supplemental to church life because you would be reading from the synoxarian during matins. But we don't do, but we don't do that. Okay. Uh, There are appointed in the Tipicon at certain points that you read certain appointed homilies during services. We're not in a monastery and we don't do that. Uh, There are, you don't have to buy a Synoxarian. You can if you want, but if you go on OCA.org and you look up the lives of the saints, you're going to find the lives of the saints and you're going to find them there. So you don't have to spend. This is one of, I think, six volumes. This is, I think, the best Synoxarian in English. This is just volume one. It's nicely done, hardcover, pictures, Lives of the Saints for every day, right? The 20th of October is uh, the great martyr Artemius, right? We'll have the life of St. Artemius. Can you read the emails because they give you several Lives of Saints in it? Yeah, we link. Whatever Sunday that we do, we link whoever is being commemorated that day so you have an opportunity to be able to read the life of that saint. Uh, this is not going to have all of the saints of the Orthodox Church. This comes from Mount Athos and is translated into English. I think it was in French and then in English. So it's going to have a Greek Mount Athos edge to it where it's not going to have all like contemporary Russian saints in it because it's not from that area. Just like in America, we make a big deal about St. Innocent and St. Tikhon and St. Herman because those are our saints. They don't make a big deal about those saints in Albania. 
Albania has a wholly different set of saints that they are devoted to and different days in their calendar that they're going to be, and we don't pay any attention to them, right? But there's still, it's not wrong to pay attention to them. They're still, like, all the same. They're all saints. Absolutely. It's kind of like in your family, you have certain, like, ideals or, like, heroes or things that are directly tied to your life, mm-hmm. right? We're not, we're not celebrating the lives of the, the khanates of, you know, the Mongolian hordes or a golden horde or something, mm-hmm. right? That has nothing to do with us, so we're not worried about that. But if you're out in the plains of Mongolia, there's probably some families who have some stories and things about people from 400 years ago that we have no idea they even exist, right? That was a, quite an analogy, but there you go, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the Synoxarian, uh, like I said, you won't find probably the life of St. Sophroni because, or St. Paisios or St. Porphyrus. These are new saints. This is an older book at this point, right? So you'll have to go online or you'll have to read a full-blown book uh, because there's not. When a saint gets canonized, I'll just explain this, what part of that process is writing then the service for that saint? So when St. John Maximovich was canonized by the Russian Orthodox Church abroad in the 80s, they had, they wrote a magnification, we magnify, we and it was directly for him. They have verses that they do for Lord I have called, and then they put all of that hymnody in, and then it becomes a feast day, and it, et cetera, right? Is he not an important, I'm sorry, is he not an important American? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But he's also a very important to the Russians. Well, he is Russian. He was a ro- he was a Rokor hierarch. That's why. His body's in San Francisco. Yes. Okay. So, he's a neat guy. He's cool. To use that ecclesial word again. Uh, so. There's other devotional stuff, or when you're making your prayer rule, for example, a lot of folks have integrated into their prayer rule a, 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 the prayer from the Optina elders or from one that's attributed now to St. Philaret about the morning prayer. St. Sophroni, at the back of some of his books, has some nice prayers that people incorporate. Uh, New Rome Press, uh, in the past years, has published these two kind of supplementary. These are just prayers to the Mother of God. They are just long prayers just to the Theotokos. I mean, by some of them, I mean their page is long. That's what, this is one prayer to the Mother of God, okay? This, this is not a service. It's just standalone prayers from throughout the tradition, from like St. Gregory Palamas. That's just prayers to the Mother of God. So this might be something over, like at the end of your lunch break or something, you just pull out and you, you know, say in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and you just do a really long prayer to the Mother of God. Not going to leave Jesus out, the light of the world, <laughs> right? Then you have the light of the world, prayers for our Lord Jesus Christ, and it's just a whole lot of prayers to just Jesus, right? There's also something, I'm just trying to give you a plethora of options. So this is something that you can choose. Some people find certain books that, or certain prayers, and that's like, that's their prayer, right? Uh, this is called a spiritual psalter. This is basically... Uh, arrangements of Ephraim the Syrian, but it's like put together like a Psalter. We even with cathismas, <laughs> so it's broken up, and it ha- it is. Uh, I really like these. So what say you go. Th- it's a compilation of what? It is basically uh, works of Saint Ephraim the Syrian, ah, okay. because Saint Ephraim the Syrian, the way they wrote was more poetic than like he wasn't making an argument or a homily per se all the time. The, it's an arrangement of his works that are basically kind of set as a psalter. Why? Like, why? To pray. Yeah. Because he's awesome. Okay. Because, <laughs> because the material is there to do it. And because okay. what happens in the church is there are certain saints in their writings or their life or what they did that they become major saints. We have, there's a hierarchy of saints. You can, so you see that icon over there of all saints? You see how there's like divisions of the saints? They're like groups. The Orthodox Church, again, this is, like, this is form. We like to break things down and have things in categories. But it's not like super legalistic. Uh, I hate to even, but like, uh, but it is. Like there's martyr saints. And there's particular ways uh, 
that we have hymns for martyrs. There are certain hymns, and always the same like gospel reading for bishops. So St. Ephraim is one of these like great 4th century saints that roll, wrote a whole bunch and is just very formative. Just like the three hierarchs, Basil the Great, Gregory the Theologian, John Chrysostom. If you were to just read them, you're going to get orthodoxy. You don't have to read anybody else. You can, obviously, but if you're just going, there's some folks, all they read is like John Chrysostom and the Bible, and they're fine, because you're going to get it all in just that, right? So these are just extras. You don't have to even remember this after this. I just really like this. So <laughs> you might like it too, right? But so they could have made like a spiritual psalter from like John Chrysostom's work. It's just like how they took like writings and they broke it up to be like mm-hmm. a psalter and, mm-hmm. okay. You know? It's what Ephraim wrote. Saint Ephraim wrote that. Okay. It's not. You know, it's not a prayer to him. Okay. What? Yeah. I'll, so I'll, I'll give you an example. Okay. All right. Here you go. Twenty-two. Life lessons. Beatitudes. Blessed is the man who has the fear of God in him, for the Holy Spirit calls him blessed, saying, "Blessed is the man who fears the Lord." Blessed is the man who has the love of God in him, for he bears God in himself. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in him. Blessed is he who has attained endurance, for a long-suffering man is great in understanding. Blessed is, a man, is he who is a stranger to anger and irritability, for anger does not beget a man of God's truth. Right? Like, there's this, it's kind of spiritual contemplation. Some of them are specifically, this, uh, deliver me from apathy and slothfulness. And it's a huge, long thing about apathy and slothfulness, right? Mm-hmm. All our hope is in Christ, crying to the Him, And it's all... So it's kind of psalms, but it's also homilies. It's the thing I suggested on Wednesday evening was the prologue of Ohrid. This is just volume one. There's another volume because this is about to be done. This is uh, basically the Synoxarian with other devotional stuff attached to it. So it's the Lives of the Saints. They're shorter versions of Lives of the Saints. And it has in here, for example, let's say February 13th, uh, Stephen uh, Nemanja, the uh, Serbian saint of his life. Pretty picture. Uh, Then you'll have a hymn of praise, which is basically kind of a nice hymn. It does not set to music or anything. It has a reflection, uh, contemplation, homily on every single day. So it's something you do your morning prayers. You sit down, you want to read the life of the saint. And then you want to do the reflection, the contemplation. Maybe next year we'll do the homilies or something like that, right? Who's Ohrid? Ohrid is a place in, if I remember correctly, Macedonia or Bulgaria, somewhere in that area, region. I'm forgetting off the top of my head. St. Nikolai Velomirovich was the bishop of Ohrid and I forget. Zicha. Zicha, yeah. Why is it called the prologue of Ohrid? Like, what does that mean? The prologue of Ohrid means, like, the pre-word or, like, the book that comes from Ohrid. The place of Ohrid. No, the prologue is about the book. This is the book from Ohrid. From Ohrid, okay. It's a beautiful lake. There's nice old ancient churches there. Okay. There's also a great work by St. Nikolai that would be kind of like a spiritual psalter that's called Prayers by the Lake, which is by Lake Ohrid. That is his kind of, like hymns and psalms and prayers. That's really awesome. Is there only one book of that? There's like a series of There's two volumes of this. If you see the email that I sent out, was that yesterday? Mm -hmm. There's a PDF of it that you can get. It's not this because this is retypeset and made really pretty. This is 150 bucks for the the set. And it goes out of print from time to time. Uh, You can also find it online. So I sent the, the link to online. I sent a link to where you can download the PDF, and I sent the link if you want to spend 150 bucks and buy the book. So all of this is to try to give a basic introduction of some of the terminology, some of the books. Uh, and the last thing I kind of want to hit on is akathist or akathist, right? Uh, these are specific set uh, form of uh, hymnody, uh, that goes back to St. Romanus the Melodist when he wrote the Akathist that we do during Lent. Uh, in the Greek church, they do those on Friday nights, different uh, stases. We do it all on uh, the Friday night before the s- Saturday of the Akathist or Akathist. Um, there are there are plethora and plethora of these. There's multiple ones to St. Herman. 
Some people like different versions of them, right? You just have to figure it out and find it, right? If you go online and Google Akathist, you're going to find, <coughs> right? So if you have a particular devotion to, say, for example, you're trying to find a job. When people ask, like, I'm trying to find a job, I say, go pray to St. Xenia of St. Petersburg. There's an Akathist. You can find it online easily and pray it. So how do you pray an Akathist? We can get really technical or really simple. I'm going to suggest a really simple one. You just pick it up and you read it. <laughs> you can learn how to sing it. You know, rejoice, O Father Herman, the follower of the apostles. That's one of them. <laughs> there's multiple ones. You can go online and find some recorded if you want. Oh, there's tons of recordings online, and I can even in English. They're not all. Uh, what typically happens, though, an akathist usually gets put inside of another service. So you might, if you are looking in your prayer book and you're reading Compline, Small Compline, I highly suggest Small Compline before bedtime. Uh, I like it better than evening prayers. There's that. Uh, this is a place where you can find there's akathist in your prayer book, right? There's akathist to the Mother of God. There's akathist to the Lord. There's akathist glory to God for all things. Uh, you can, and then there's canons. Canons function a little bit differently than Akathis, but it's done the same way, right? If you want to get more, you know, into it, then we can talk, uh, as in, like, if you want to learn how to sing it. We've been meeting almost every single week, depending on what the schedule is, to do an Akathis to St. Anne. It's the Akathis to St. Anne and Joachim, because they're just, that's how the hymnody is done to both of them, about building property and all that stuff. We've been doing it for a year now. Uh, at first we tried to sing it and it just became too hard because <laughs> our voices and it's just, you know, it's whoever's here so there's like five of us, right? And so we just started reading it. So these are different intentions. There are like Akathis to the Mother of God for those who are suffering from cancer. Akathis to the Mother of God uh, with a concern for uh, raising children. There's Akathis uh, for those who have uh, committed abortion, who want to pray and repent for that. There's Akathist for those uh, who are just whatever you want. <laughs> there's also why there's different icons of the Mother of God that have like different emphases. Or uh, so those uh, she who is quick to hear, right? You have you need something. There's not like need as in I can need a new car. That could be necessity, but she who is a softener of evil hearts. Uh, the Joy of Always Sorrow is one that I really like because um, it's kind of this catch-all of everybody who's suffering. Uh, so there's all these kind of akathists. There's new akathists that people write. Father Lawrence Farley up in Canada has written new ones. So you can go online and buy them for like four bucks from, from Ancient Faith because they published it through there. Or you can just go online and just print stuff off, yeah. What is this Mother of Light book that you have? Did you talk about that one? Yeah, the Mother of Light is just is just a bunch of uh, prayers to the Mother of God. Okay. What's really nice about these two is that they have very nice introductions written to them that kind of give you an idea, right? And introduct to the Theotokos, the Orthodox Church, and then like why why we think about what we do about the Mother of God, uh, and specifically what's going on in these prayers. To learn a little bit about like the life of St. Gregor Palamas, because one of these prayers is ones that he mentions in his life that was really important to him. We have about five minutes left, so I was actually thinking that would be the perfect bridge to introduce. Yes, okay. <laughs> so one of the the part the purpose of the synaxis was to always kind of bring together and have a steady uh, study of a book uh, that I was also um, present for and kind of guiding and what I've done is created a whole lot more things on my plate in doing this for the men's and the women's and it doing monthly so I, we are kind of shifting over the women's synaxis uh, to head of a few ladies that I've asked to kind of guide this I'm going to come in I'd say four times a year basically where there's still going to be a focus on uh, study, uh, fellowship, uh, prayer, especially. I think the prayer aspect is going to be kicked up a little bit. Not all of the specifics have been ironed out exactly yet, but 
and by specifics, it's like little details, but the basic idea. I'm also just gonna try to get the men's, some men to say like, hey, I need, I will come in, I can do this, but trying to do men's, women's, uh, I need to drop in more often with the teens, like it's just become a little bit too much for me to do every single month because on top of feast days and et cetera, et cetera. So that is going to be starting up uh, next time do, what was the date? Do we, have we fallen on a date, or are we going to, so to we'll, be TBD? So we'll announce the date after our the meeting. group can meet next week, yeah. Um, but it's, the next meeting will be at Kelly's house, so it's kind of a social gathering. And okay. then we'll, at that meeting, kind of the group will announce the new format of how things are kind of going to work for the group. So The format's not that much different. It's basically... You guys flying on your own for a bit, and then I come in periodically. Are you leading it? Who's leading? Not just me, but fathers asked Adrian and Audrey and Ashland and I to kind of be a team. So we're just going to be a team guided by Father Daniel, and then figure it out from there. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're meeting this coming week, and then but we do have a couple people who have, um, one of the biggest things is shifting into homes and meeting it in people's homes. So we have a couple of volunteers for that too. So far, Kelly. And they talk to me, so they try not to interfere with the book club. Anybody that wants to still do book club too. Yes, definitely. So we'll be making sure we don't fall on that same day. Yep. Right. So more details forthcoming. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I, as I said, I know there's a lot coming at you with these things, and a lot of it is, it's kind of like riding a bicycle. We can talk about it, but it's really the action of doing it. And what I really suggest is mostly focus on, the, you know, your prayer book and your Psalter. These are kind of like the base ground things. If you want to explore some of these other things, right, you're more than welcome if you want to borrow from me, I'm going to write it down because these are also, some of these books go out of print and then they can go out of print forever and I don't want to lose them. <laughs> uh, but these are always nice things to add. Like, for example, we're coming up on the Dormition Fast, so I'm probably going to get this book out a little bit more because prayers to the Mother of God. And what it is, some of these prayers, what's nice about it is that you get into a rut with your prayers and to be able to come at it from it, like some new metaphors or new ways of coming at it or ways of articulating things that just stir things up. That's what I read, honestly. This is really good about really painting a very clear picture of what holiness is and what how messed up I am uh, <laughs> and what I need to reorient my life and my heart around. So these are all tools. And at the end of the day, you... This is the thing. As tools, you really need what you need in order to accomplish the job. Some of you, all you need is your prayer rope and the Jesus prayer, and you don't need to think about all these other things because it's not really what you're, what's on your horizon or what you want or desire. It's good to know about it. I have to know about it because I have to be able to suggest it to somebody and be like, hey, I think this might be really good for you. Uh, but you don't have to know about it. Exploring is good. But you can also get into a form of like, I'm exploring for the sake of exploring, and you never actually settle into anything as well. Do you have recommendations for um, prayers for preparation of Holy Communion? So I would, I would suggest what's in the prayer book. Uh, there is a lot of different forms of doing preparation for Holy Communion. If you were to do the like monastic Russian practice, uh, you're talking about an hour of preparation which is already assuming that you went to vigil the night before, uh, and then are we going to be ready for communion. What I would suggest is that you, if you were to look in the prayer book, because, like, for example, you might there's canon before Holy Communion. I would suggest you just do the section that's called Prayers Before Holy Communion. And if you're in a rush or if it's a little bit too much, don't do all the beginning stuff in the Psalms. Just do the first, the, the prayers, the first, you know, the prayers of Basil uh, and the Johns and Simeon, etc. And honestly, if it's all brand new to you and you're not in the practice, what I would do is find like one of those and pray it prayerfully. 
there's always this tension between like the form and like I have to do what the rule is or like and then there's like what would be nice and then what you can actually do that actually is going to benefit you because you could fulfill and spend an hour doing prayers for Holy before Holy Communion and you do that once in 10 years but you fulfilled it once right like or you just do it and like you are just doing it and you're nowhere present to what's going on it is much better St. Theophon the Recluse, many of the other fathers, when they talk about praying, it is better for you to pray until you are praying and to be present to that than just accomplishing a prayer rule. And a question related to that. Right. Number, in this little book, there are six prayers of preparation for (laughs) Holy Communion, and you can read all of them. But the last one, number six, is the one we say right before Communion. I believe, O Lord, and I confess. I believe, O Lord, and I confess. And so there's one we do already that we should really be thinking about. How much should you ignore your children during (laughs) 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 And how much, and should you, if ever, like, remove them or punish them during family prayers? (laughs) I think this always depends on the the personalities involved and what is going on. I don't generally... I go back and forth about this because of having to deal with the kids and every personality is different. Every situation becomes different different. and what actually works and then what the goal is. To me, the goal of family prayers is that they know that there's a rhythm. The story from seminary, one of our seminary friends, uh, who's now a Hurya in the Antiochian church, her parents never, they didn't do, and her dad was a priest, Mm -hmm. did not do prayers with them. But every time they did prayers, this incense was burning. And they and he, they would basically, if I remember correctly, they would do it before the kids even got up. They would do it in their room with the door <clears throat> closed. And the kids knew if the door was closed, their parents were in there praying. Mm-hmm. And he also would walk through the entire house and bless, you know, say prayers and bless with incense as they were waking up in the morning. Mm-hmm. But he was doing that. I've always thought that was amazing, mm-hmm. you know, but we, we haven't gotten there yet. John, John <laughs> Wesley, you know who John Wesley is, the Methodist. Yes. His mother had 14 kids. Wow. And what she would do is she would sit in the house, you know, back then they didn't have multiple rooms. Think about it, 14 kids. When she pulled her apron up over her head, the kids knew to leave her alone. She trained trained her kids. And you have to teach them to respect. You know, I mean, that's something that kids are not learning these days. I mean, the kids have to know and they have to understand that there's a time when they can act up and a time when they can't. I think today we just lower our standards so much that we don't have high expectations anymore. We just seem to be lowering and lowering and lowering our standards. But those kids knew to not disrupt, disrupt her. Now, I don't know what she did if they did, but evidently <laughs> they, she had them trained. And they can learn. The kids yeah. can I think it really depends on what you're trying to aim for with family prayers. To me, it is mostly about, because there's one, that aspect of the example we're using is kind of personal prayer Mm -hmm. versus like corporate family prayer. Mm -hmm. So to me, corporate family prayer, short, sweet, that that there's form to it and that it happens regularly. Mm -hmm. And then there's other ways to talk and to be prayerful. This is another thing too that I wanted to make sure. Because we have form does not mean that you drop personal prayer. By personal prayer, I mean like that you formulate the words of your own prayer or that you ask your kids, what do you want to pray about? Or, uh, you know, or those times when you're putting them to bed that you do, like you don't have to stand in front of your icons and do the set prayers and that's it. That is part of it. It's not... Also just talk to Jesus with them sometimes. (laughs) So I, I think... To me, shorter and sweeter with the full family, but then trying to figure out how uh, the husband and wife figure out their own prayer life. Okay. That's that because you, I, I'm, I can't live off of those three hymns <laughs> that are like right. I, you, you have to, and it, it just can't function because you're in parent mode in a certain way. Right. And it's very different. I mean, every kid relates differently to church and their age and where they're at and their maturity, and so that's hard too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but prayer is always going to be hard. That's some aspect too. Like even if you don't have your kids, you're gonna. We all find prayer hard. We're very distracted. We're ve- unless we are kind of moving constantly into prayer, 
it's we're always going to feel a little rusty and alienated and uh so the book that is going to be next is basically a beginning of life of prayer where it's kind of uh suggesting a basic kind of framework about how to enter into a deeper life of prayer so that's what the next well i find orthodox is. prayer is easier to pray because i don't know what your backgrounds are but from a protestant background they emphasize prayer but then when you get by yourself and you start to pray you run out of things to say yeah. you know yes or you say the same thing over and over again so i love that's what i love about orthodoxy is there's so many different choices and what, what this does, too, is it teaches you how to pray. Because a lot of times you don't know what to pray for or how to pray for it, and it's helpful to have other words. And there's other times where all you need is just, Lord Jesus, have mercy. Right? Is it okay if we're praying with them in bed? I, I've been saying you know, prayers with Rachel for the last year every night, but we never do it in front of the icon. I think it would be good to have a goal of moving towards doing it in front of the icons, too. But like I said, oh, Heavenly King, Our Father, and maybe a, you know, a hymn to the Theotokos or just a prayer to the Theotokos. That's all you need to do. It's just kind of a framework. Stages. Like with Alex, that's about all I can manage. Like when I'm laying down next to him, he doesn't stand for our prayers. He runs out of the room. <laughs> and rather than distract the whole family and not accomplish anything, uh-huh. even though it's only two minutes long, right, <laughs> of singing, we just let him go, and so I try to pray with him, laying next to him, so that he's hearing them. But when he's a little older, we'll try to encourage him. They're old enough now to stand here, you know. But different, different children are different. When you were saying the prayers before we ate, your little one was saying them along with everybody. Dorothea. Which one, Dorothea? Yeah. So it's getting, it's getting through. <laughs> one of the things that's funny about her specifically, you know, sometimes it's like lunchtime and it's just like throwing things together, just like sit down, and eat, like because, right? So that's probably the time that's the least prayed for, at least when I'm doing lunch, right? <laughs> she will be the one like we need to pray. <laughs> so. Other ones have not been as biased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just in different ways. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, that's fair. That is fair. And there's like a kind of like um, hiddenness or like they, they don't like being called out or having like, but they are. It's just, it's hard to see it because they're not, they, they're ashamed. Not, shame isn't really the... Embarrassed. Embarrassed about it or just it's... It's personal. It feels a little arbitrary sometimes right now when I'm in the middle of playing or yeah. ready to go to bed and, but it's the rhythm of it but another thing I was going to say is so much is about creating the environment kind of like a Montessori model <laughs> with prayer in the home right like if you for example in Joseph's room we have a lampada that we can light at night with an icon in his room and we have our we have a whole lot of icons with, and I'm sure you all have very similar things but in our dining room but in his room we put one um, because he asked for one, and also because I saw another friend do this. So at night, sometimes he'll ask for it to be lit, and we can say our prayers in there, even if they're already laying down in bed, you know. And then you can kind of expand it with personal prayer, too, you know, like, Lord, thank you for today. So there was one time recently when we had some friends staying, seminary friends, just one night, and they all the boys were in there, and it was me and the other Matushka in the room. <laughs> and we said, like, that basic, Lord, um, Trisagian, and then the Our Father, and then we launched into like personal prayer, but they had things they wanted to say. We were like, you guys have any requests or anything? So I think you can blend it and do what works, but having the form, like you're saying, it's good to hang your hat on something, and it's not just a free-for-all completely. Mama, right, so. I have my book. <laughs> <laughs> <Speaking> of free-for-all, <laughs> let's end with prayer. <laughs> Lord, now let us tell thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen the salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to enlighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.